Well, welcome to the third of these little Sunday supplements that, uh, that we're running over these summer weeks on a Sunday evening, connected to God's Word and especially Jesus' teaching in Luke chapter 15, the story of the three lost things. Or is it four lost things? Well, we'll find out. Hope you've got a Bible open there. Have it open at Luke chapter 15. We're focusing again today on Luke chapter 15 verses 11 to 32. We were playing a bit of a game around the kitchen table one day after dinner <coughs> and we were asking different questions. Do you prefer carrots or peas? And we, everyone was voting and saying what they prefer. Do you prefer football or rugby? Do you prefer uh, steak or do you prefer chicken? Do you prefer pop music or rap music? Do you prefer, and so it went on. And then one of the kids chirped up. Do you prefer Murphy or Choa? That's our dog or our cat. That was a bit of a challenging one. How do you admit that you prefer one of your pets over the other one? We all kind of voted one way and I won't tell you which way it was. But then one of the kids very quickly turned to Julie and I and asked, well, who's your favourite child? It's not the kind of question you want to be asked, is it? And we should, of course, have all those very diplomatic answers and we love them each the same. Whenever we come to the story in Luke chapter 15, it's a bit of a question, isn't it? For whom is it easier to get to heaven? A good person or a bad person? I remember asking that question in a small group in one of my previous churches where I served. And we were just studying together a book by Tim Keller called The Prodigal God. And we asked that question, who is it easier to get to heaven, a good person or a bad person? It's kind of a strange question, is it? But as you read the story here, who gets into the father's house at the end? It's the bad son, isn't it? It's the prodigal. And you see, that can cause all sorts of indignation in our hearts and cause us to shout out and scream, that's not fair, that's not right. Surely God loves good people more than he loves bad people. I wonder how you would respond to that question in your own heart today. Look at Luke chapter 15 verse 12. The younger son says to the father, Dad, you know all that money that I'm going to get whenever you die. You seem to be taking your time. You haven't popped your clogs yet. I wish you were dead. Is there any chance I could get a forward down payment on the will? At this point we realise the younger son is not just a rough diamond and he's not even a likeable rogue. He really is despicable. He really is despicable. But at that moment, whenever we let that sink into our own hearts, we realise that's what we say to God every day that we live. Dear God, I like all the stuff that you give me, but I don't really want you. I want your things, but I don't want any kind of meaningful relationship. That's the default sinful mode of all of us in our human hearts. We like the things that God gives us, but God don't intrude or intervene or expect too much of us. We've all said to God, I want your things, but I don't want you. But the difference is the younger brother, well, he actually voiced it. He said it out loud to his dad. He admitted it to his dad face to face. Whereas the older brother's in life never ever said out loud they're they're not as brave they're not as brazen but did you notice what happened in verse 12 this is something we often miss in the story 
The father divided his property between them. The older brother actually did get the down payment on the will, even though the father wasn't dead. So the older brother had just as much extra money to hand as the younger brother did. It's what they chose to do with it made the difference. The older brother also takes the father's things. He doesn't come and ask the father for them, but he takes them nonetheless. And as we'll see, the older brother has a disastrous relationship with his dad in the end. Neither sinners nor slaves want the Lord. They only want to make use of what the Lord gives them. The sinners take his blessings and they all run off to the far country. Whereas the slaves take his blessings and build up their own reputation in their own field. But even the hearts of older brothers are set in the far country. Do you notice how the older brother kind of almost fantasises about it? He almost dreams as if he was there and what the younger brother might be up to. He says in verse 30, imagine the younger brother wasting his money with prostitutes and while living. But we're never told in the story that the younger boy does that. The boy is back home. And he's a moralist and he's a purist and he'll live by the rules and he won't overstretch the mark. But he dreams in his mind what he maybe like, would like to be doing. In his mind he visits the far country and he goes there in his mind. But he doesn't go there physically. And that's why it's vital to burst the bubble of such fantasies. The far country is always just this imaginary mirage of a place. The younger son seeks riches but he ends up broke. He seeks freedom, but he ends up being enslaved. He wants feasting, but he ends up starving. He wants wild living, and he ends up in a pigsty. In the far country, that's where it all goes wrong. And if the far country's beckoning you, if you as a younger person watching this tonight, and you're thinking, oh, it's so much more exciting. The far country is the brochure, but the pigsty is the reality. You never think, oh, I wish I could experience something of that to then realise how great God is at the end. No, it doesn't work like that. The far country will not set you free. True liberation is found at home, in the Father, in the one who stood there waiting for us, the one who welcomes sinners and eats with them. You're never more free, we're never more joyful, we're never more alive than we stand there embraced in the Father's arms. Maybe we need to admit our badness before we realise the incredible grace and goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, some of us have been in the far country and wasted time and energy and money and given of ourselves the things that we should never have done. Whereas some of us have stayed close to home, as it were, always abiding by the rules, maybe even have become experts in our own field, whether that be literally in farming or some other profession, we've made a bit of a name for ourselves and we think we're good, but in reality, we still need you, God. And Father, we thank you that you do not just accept us because of the things that we try to be and do, but you only accept us when we admit our sin and say we're lost and we need to be found. Father, may we feel your embrace once again tonight and know that love. Amen.